Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the Cabbage Corp podcast began. Hey, this is Josh. And this is Christian. And welcome to the Cabbage Corp podcast. The Cabbage Corp podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you like to listen to your favorite podcast. Head to anchor.fm slash cabbagecorppod to find the podcast app of your choice. Also, for our Korean listeners, don't worry, we are also on Podbang. If you like this episode, make sure to like, subscribe, and share. We love to hear from all of you guys, so leave comments and reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. What's up, Cabbage Heads? Welcome back to Season 2 of the Cabbage Corp Podcast. This is your lead, Cabbage Corp communicator, Josh, and with the other co-lead, Christian. Last week, we covered... Episodes 10 to 12 of Book 2 Earth, where the Fire Nation has finally breached the mighty walls of Ba Sing Se, and Appa <laughs> is still missing. This week, we'll be covering episodes 12 to 15 of Book 2, where Appa <laughs> remains missing. The saddest. I, episode. We, um, we will be implementing our own version of tear bending on this podcast. Yes. Christian, um, I don't want to... You know what? I, I'm fine with just us spoiling everything and ruining it now because I, I have no more tears to cry. <laughs> I'm actively drinking water to, to enhance some moisture in my face that I've lost today. But Christian, please move us along. Give us a recap, not only on the current Avatar's state total, but where we stand in our Avatar Cabbage Corp power rankings. <laughs> I'm so depressed. I don't want to do <laughs> this podcast. Even last week we said we didn't want to do that yeah. podcast. I would now, rather do last week's pod than this week. It's just so sad. All my troubles seemed so far away last week. And here we <laughs> We're are. We're like, oh no, it's too, it's so far. And then I look at the list of the episodes we need to watch and I'm like, no, no. Christian, can I say one more thing? We're just kids. Like, I can't handle this. I can't handle this. We can't go through this trauma right now. I am a man child. I I cannot handle that. That amount of emotion handed me through animation. But I don't know. Do you want... Should we we go forward? Let's get into it. Yeah. Okay. So the Avatar state total is a total of nine. The last three arc episodes, Aang went into the Avatar state once. So, of course, in uh, in Rage... Um, after losing Appa. Yes. And the power ranking score, Katara in the lead with four points. You're telling me Katara? Yeah. Of the water tribe, Katara. <laughs> four points. Yes. Wow. Aang and Sokka tied at three. I don't know how Sokka sure, got there, but sure. you know. <laughs> Just tied with the Avatar, the uniter of the universe. Okay. Zuko and Uncle Iroh tied at two. And Azula and Toph. At one. I think that's that's as close to the order of things as we've seen um, in a long time. Yeah. I think the characters are starting to line up where they should be. Mm-hmm. We'll see this three-arc episode. Of course, I don't know if you guys know, but we're super, super sad right now. We don't want to record this because not only do we get episode 15, Appa's Lost Days, but we do get a glimpse of Uncle Iroh and... The very sad celebration he has for his son's birthday. So, I don't know how we're going to yeah. get through this. Can, let's just give the, the listeners a little little context, a little precursor. For those who may not uh, be very familiar with the series, Christian and I had not realized that in our genius, that we always say our genius of our three-episode arcs yes. for <laughs> each episode of Cabbage Corp, that these two episodes would align right next to each other. So we'd have to cover both of these um, heart-wrenching, life-stopping moments within a one-hour time period. But here we are, Appa's Lost Days and um, and Uncle Iroh's uh, Tales of Bossing Say are, yes. are two of the most emotional pieces of content I've seen in my mm-hmm. life. The Uncle Iroh's uh, Uncle Iroh episode that, that we're going to discuss. Yes. Like, oh my God, it was bad. It is a very much grown-up trauma and deep pain um, mm-hmm. that you only understand through experience and uh, you're about to experience it with us yes. tonight listeners so uh, buckle up 
Yeah, I, I think, again, it's just... Um, I don't know if we have to raise the entire standards of animated television or a kid's show, quote-unquote kid's show, but uh, the two episodes here that we covered are, are some of the most important emotional touchstones um, of entertainment media. I really believe that. Yeah. And I, I think it's a big reason why um, all the memes and all the and all the kind of commentary around it has come up because it has this really emotional core to the whole mm -hmm. story. I honestly think these two scenes were one of the saddest, but it was so well written too. Yeah. Oh my God. Well written. <laughs> and the big thing I, I know that we talk about in story kind of um, composure and composition is it was earned, right? Oh my God, yes. We have been with these people um, been with these appas, right, for, for enough to, f to understand what it feels like when they're gone, but also for the Uncle Iroh coming up, we see the entirety of the comic foil that he is all the time, yes. the, the fool, the buffoon that he plays up, and then, but you see the man's good heart, and you also see some of his military tactics, and then here, you really see the full fruition of his soul, and the mm -hmm. bearing of his heart here, so. And with that, let's get into episode 13. City of Walls and Secrets. Episode 13. As the gang now enters the great city of Ba Sing Se, what seems like an amazing city for the gang to be in, they begin to see the economic and political corruptions within Ba Sing Se. As the gang continue to push their agenda to meet the king and find Appa, they are put into a very difficult situation. Meanwhile, Zuko and Uncle Iroh try to start their new lives while Jet tries to reveal their secret of being firebenders. The episode ends when the gang are told by Long Fang the strict rules that must be followed within the city of Ba Sing Se. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Jet is here to stay. <laughs> That's the one big thing that, that I found out from this yes. episode. You know, when he showed up on that boat, it seemed like it was... Uh, touch-and-go situation where he would pop for this episode and then leave. Right. But, you know, he decides to stay for a while, but he has a... He does play a part. He's got a larger role to play here. Yeah, he does. Maybe some would say a sacrificial role to play. <laughs> because, yeah. spoiler alert, Jed dead, baby. Yeah, Jed, Jed is no longer in canon, nor this universe. His little weed is tumbling off. <laughs> tumbling off. Yeah! Which is interesting that they use such a, what seemed to be such a side story and integrate it into the gang's huge part of like a turn in Bossing Say. Right. But yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, Jed is an interesting key to unlock the refugee crisis in Bossing Say. Oh, yes, um, for sure. He is, uh, as he tells Smellerby all the time, he, uh, let's remember who put us here in the first place mm -hmm. and why we're refugees. And um, again, we see the foil to the kind of inverse. He's like the evil uh, Zuko mm, is Jet, or yes. like the twisted Zuko is Jet. Yes. And we see that in, um, in full effect here again in front of Uncle's new tea shop. And now for some of our favorite quotes. Uncle Iroh, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not. Palm. The gang's neighbor. Shh. Listen. You can't mention the war here. And whatever you do, stay away from the Dai Li. Tom. It's called being handled. Get used to it. Long Feng. What's most important to his royal majesty is maintaining the cultural heritage of Ba Sing Se. It's my job to oversee the rest of the city's resources, including the military. Okay, you know, this is, we started off pretty heavy, but this episode isn't too bad. I mean, there's still like <laughs> mass hypnotization For, and well, I mean, it's not sad. suppression. Yeah, yeah. It, it's an interesting story. It gives us a foundation of what Ba Sing Se is and kind of leads into the next two episodes. I feel like other than when they, the gang were in the wa the Northern Water Tribe, we don't really ever see them staying in a place for that long right but from what we know i feel like this is a place that they stayed a 
for a good while and isn't it like a month or so? Yeah, they're there for a while. I mean, even Tales from Bossing Sea is um, mm-hmm. a, supposed to represent like a time lapse or a good amount of time yeah. has has um, eclipsed while they're staying there. I think that's a really good comp is the, um, the end of uh, season one, book one, um, at the Northern uh, Water Tribe. Mm-hmm. It feels very similar to that. Like we can we can understand, we can feel that they're gearing up for a big finale here. Yeah. We will remain in Bossing Sea until the end of book two. And um, I think... The same effect I saw, I, I, I felt when we saw the Northern Water Trap for the first time, the grandeur of it, like the really unique architecture of it, is what you see probably even exponentially so here in Bossing Se yeah. when you realize the scale of how large the city is. It's crazy big. And if you think about how both like Zuko and Uncle Iroh and the gang are in this place, but I don't think they ever once really crossed paths. And it, that just shows, like, how big this right. place is and how many levels there are to it. Because, I mean, when they go through the city, it's, like, so many walls. And then you get to come to see, like, oh, shoot, they're, like, just dividing the yeah. poor <laughs> class with everybody else. That's what Christian enjoys is to really put down the, the poor <laughs> no! class No! stay, re- remember where you belong. And then she spits the out wall. the window. Yeah. <laughs> Outer ring people. She's, she, she, she drops me off and says, you stay in the outer ring. Don't, don't come here. Josh. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? It's, um, Boston State plays a really big role in Legend of the Korra as well. And mm-hmm. we realize like, things don't really change a lot. I think uh, a, big, a big portion, and this is another kind of precursor spoiler for Korra, is that what authority does a king or a monarch have in a modern society when it's been set up to be so unequal, yeah. right? And I think you see this here in big effect as the Dai Li and Long Feng are essentially running the entire operation and keeping the poor civilians and refugees on the outer rings while yeah. keeping the, the rich folk and the king very secluded and, for the king's sake, really unwitting about what, what, what's going on outside mm-hmm. of his walls. Yeah, let's, let's talk about... Uh, Uncle Iroh, you wrote mm-hmm. this down. Life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not. And if I re- recall correctly, Uncle Iroh has a pot of flowers in his hands. Mm-hmm. He's uh, trying to make the best out of his new life with his nephew Zuko. And uh, Zuko says, I don't want to worry about this. We have to worry about getting back to the Fire Nation, yeah. all that stuff. And Uncle Iroh just says, life is going to happen. Yeah. Because he mentions, like, oh, you could have get, you might meet a pretty girl. You should, like, enjoy your time here. And Zuko's like, no, like, I, I don't want to live here. But I feel like this quote really summarized Uncle Iroh. Not in just this episode, but like throughout the series, he's very like go with the flow. But he always tries to learn something from a situation or from, from the people around him. So I don't know. I really like this quote because I feel like Uncle Iroh just wants Zuko to finally live instead of like having that obligation of I'm a prince. I'm... I'm a banished prince, and I have to fulfill that role. Right. So. And I think as uncle, for Uncle Iroh, as someone who has um, abdicated his seat as Fire Lord, yes. he, um, he couldn't care less about royal duties, but what <laughs> he does care is about building people up, especially the people close to him, namely Zuko, right? Yeah. Zuko is such a stubborn boy. <laughs> and you know what we said last episode about we can really tell that everyone is meeting at the same place. That's important here because we're not like all over the earth and the air kingdom. Yeah. Like everyone is in the city of Bossing Sea together. And so I like it because we get to spend a lot more time with Uncle Iroh and Zuko together. Yeah, we do. And we get to see them play this normal life. You know, it feels yeah. like they're just playing. Like, yes. You know, because I don't know. You can't like even when I saw it, it's like I know that's not like. That's not where they end. Right. And but that is where Uncle Iroh is happiest. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll give him some time. We'll give him some yeah. time. And Pong, Pong, which is the gang's neighbor in the royal kind of, I guess, ring yeah, of yeah. things. Sokka, this whole time, has been trying to meet the king and talk about the war to none other than Judy, their weird stalking assistant right, that right. just watches them. I think she's so creepy. She is really creepy. Um, but, you know, she is brainwashed, so it's like, I, 
<laughs> you know, what Should can you do? Drink it from the lake, the, the lake of Lao Gai. <laughs> we'll see. But he says something, and this is our first hint that, okay, something's wrong. Other than Judy, because we're all freaked out about Judy, because she's, be, she's like behind them always telling everyone in the city, like, oh no, don't tell them And she's anything. shaking her head. And she's smiling with big eyes, and I'm like, no, that's really creepy. But I love how Sokka is super persistent, and he's like, tell me about this war. Like, we, we need to talk about this. And he's like, no, can't mention the war. Stay away from the Dai Li. And I think, I remember watching this as a kid, like, oh, shoot, something's going to go down. Yeah. Like, something's wrong with the city. Like, you know, it was too good to be true. It's <laughs> bubbling up. It's going yeah. crazy. And, like, just I, with, why Sokka and the gang, for the people who haven't heard the last episode are so excited to talk to the king is because they realize like this whole solar eclipse plan. What yes. the, once we get a solar eclipse, the firebenders lose their firebending. We need to attack them and end the war now. Mm-hmm. And even with that knowledge and intel, it's impossible to meet the king. The The news of a war and mm-hmm. embossing say is truly um, forbidden and lost. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, you come to just see like a king truly is like, influenced by the people around them so when those people around the king are corrupt even if the king isn't corrupt he will be blinded to that and i think you see that in so many different movies and a lot of korean dramas too like the king will have no idea what's going on while the freaking like people under him are like (sighs) the king just the one with the the best skincare routine Kind of the dummy of the bunch. Yeah, and it's always the second guy. Like, what? The, the short guy is the second the guy. The short, guy. scrawny, yeah, like, yeah. he always wears glasses and shit. Yeah. But in this case, I would say, you know, uh, Long Fang, he's pretty, like, charismatic. Yes. That's what I would say, which I, is very different. Christian made a brolic gesture and <laughs> said charismatic. <laughs> Christian, big Long Fang fan over here. And I think on the note of Sokka really pushing the case, I think I was just impressed by Toph again because. Toph is the only one who is not excited to be going into the city. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, she's the only Earth Kingdom citizen. But second, for her to return to civilization, to a city, is not something she, yeah. she's looking forward to. She's escaped her home. She's escaped an immense privilege for her to be on the road and traveling with the gang. And I think that she's the first one to get it. Like, we're yeah. being handled. Get used to mm-hmm. it. We're, ne- we're going to see exactly as, as much as they want us to see mm-hmm. and nothing more. And so... Uh, the understanding that Toph goes into this thing is, um, I think, really quite spectacular for 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 someone who uh, who doesn't know anything else but the the good life. Yeah, I do wonder. Of course, Toph is very sheltered, but I wonder if it's a cultural thing because if you think about it, there is a lot of parallels with how they were handled in Bossing Se and how she was handled in her own home. Exactly. So yeah. I think that's that's at the root of it, right? Because we talked about the toxic parts of our culture, like. Toph was treated with really uh, a toxicity of, of being this weak flower all the mm-hmm. time. So if anyone understands being handled and being coddled to a very negative degree, it's Miss Beifong here. I mean, it's pretty clear to not only Toph, but the whole gang that something is wrong. Something is wrong yeah. here, right? I think Sokka and Toph are really the first. Mm-hmm. Because T- Sokka is like pushing it. And I think it's from the perspective of like, he knows, he doesn't really know, but he... He has some insight on like how wars go and how like information travels. So for him, it's like, why can't we meet the king? Like he's the avatar that has that status. Like there's no way, like no one knows what's going on. Right. And if the if no one knows what's going on, that means something's being hidden. And I think even for Sokka, he was like, oh, you've never seen a sky bison, then it's a black market. Like he knew right away all of these things. And... I think that's why he was able to catch on to Judy. We see you trying to sneak Sokka a point. You love Sokka. Sokka I think he's just doing really well. Yes, yes. You know? I agree. And I think you're right because like the one thing about every meeting with the Avatar with like a foreign dignitary so far Mm -hmm. has been met with this kind of reverence uh, or at least like He's gotten an audience immediately, right? Mm -hmm. Because people in this universe, in this Avatar universe, are very well aware of um, how their relationship as a as a kingdom leader should be with the avatar. Yes, and, and they're excited. Not meeting. good, then. Right. The you about to get slapped. Yeah, the avatar not gonna be on your side. Right, right, right. <laughs> Let's talk about someone oh who God. deserves to get slapped. You know. Yes. Our boy Long Feng, a little skinny mustache, half bald head. You know, very, 
very Chinese style. I think Boxing say mm. you see the real Chinese roots coming out here. You even have like the Dai Li having the kind of low brim rice patty fitted mm-hmm. fitted New Era hats over here. Katara and Toph, whether whether um, he was actively putting himself in the place for them to to kind of approach him or not, but they court his uh, his attention to get him mm-hmm. into the party, and you realize right away like this guy's he knows everything. He's always a step ahead, uh-huh. and then you he realize. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, no way that he's the random person that they, they stuck up to. Like, uh-huh. oh, can you please help us get in, you know? Yeah, I, because even the quote in this episode, when they did start trying to reveal the war, he said, you know, I didn't really have my daily watching you, but now I will. Right. Like, he already had tabs on whoever was coming in. And it makes sense because when Jet gets hypnotized, He's like, there is no war. And Jet's like, that makes no sense. There are so many refugees. How does it make no sense that you guys are telling me there's no war when there's a bunch of refugees? So I'm sure even though a lot of refugees are coming in, the Daily know exactly how many, like where they're coming from and how they're taming them. And I feel like every ring, it's like they're getting more hypnotized or brainwashed because by the time they get to the king, they have to be... They have to make sure that... They're complete loyalists. Purists, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is really scary to think about. Right. And I think it's a fascinating world-building exercise, right? It's You've had a hundred-year war going on right outside mm-hmm. your wall. You've been the main defense. But you have this impenetrable wall there. And so what culture happens inside an impenetrable wall and what kind of human tendencies and behavior comes out of it? Mm-hmm. This is the worst of it, right? It's yeah. like you have the top 1% living in absolute bliss and complete ignorance mm-hmm. and the rest of the people outside have to deal with the, the horrors of war, the yeah. refugee status that happens. And this guy Long Feng, we realize, is the, the culprit, is the blueprint mastermind behind all of it. Mm-hmm. It really is like the most corrupt way to try to have peace in some sense. Because right. his whole thing was like, you know, I just don't want to cause panic. The economic system is going to shut down if like people realize there's a war. Like all this, all these reasons. But at the end of the day, you're taking people's freedom away. And is that okay? Like you, you choose this ignorance or do you choose the freedom for people to choose whether they wanted to even take part in this war? Right. Because I feel like if the king knew, he could have actively helped other nations fight this war. But because the king didn't know, he was ignorant to that. And right. it's just like, just like the owl said, like, everyone has a reason why they do what they do, but it doesn't mean it's right. Sure. And I think for a long thing, like, he was like, no, this is the best way to handle it. How dare you bring up that owl again when we're talking about <laughs> Appa about to be lost? No, but I get you. I get you. I get you. It's, um, and I think all of those arguments about toppling the economy and, putting fear into people I think he's arguing in bad faith here because oh for the, sure the real reason why he's doing any of this is so he can remain in power as yeah. we see um, when the, a true powerful force reaches uh, Bossing State Shore oh my god but honestly as much as I hate Azula I loved when she did this because I was right. like yeah go down Longfang go right. down <laughs> yeah, Long which one which one do you choose you know I'm team <laughs> Long no I'm playing <laughs> Do we have to talk about more Jet action here? Oh, Zuko and Jet fight. Um, Jet pulls a sword out at Uncle's uh, new tea shop. Mm-hmm. Everyone's upset at him. You're there. He's Jet claims that he saw um, Uncle use firebending to warm his tea. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, he's he works at a tea shop. Of course, his tea is <laughs> gonna be hot. You idiot! And then Jet and Zuko just like flirt fight for half an hour while all this stuff is going yeah. on. Yeah. It's interesting because they get into the castle when they start fighting. They're talking in the castle. They sneak in Aang and Sokka, and then they get captured. And then Longfang talks to them, and Jet and Zuko are still fighting. We're still fighting. And then at the end, that's when they capture Jet. Like, I think they just like they just enjoyed fighting each other so much. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. They want to fight again. Exactly. But Jet's anger is crazy. Yeah. You get to see he becomes like just obsessed over Uncle Iroh, and it ends up leading him to his death, and it's Whoa. <laughs> really sad. Even the people around him, they're just like, Jet, you need to chill out. Yeah, you're. Right. I think he's losing the 
the true respect of the people he's doing all this for. Mm. Um, his gang of, of, of uh, freedom fighters, as, it, as yes. he calls it, right? Like he, while he reminds them, like, tries to remind them, like, this is what we're doing it for. What are you doing this for? Like, he's losing their tr- yeah. trust every single step of the way. And for them, it's like, okay, now let's move on. I think for them, it was like, we want to move forward. And that's why we came to Boston say, but Jet just can't move forward. So they have to move forward without him. And... We're all going to have to move forward without you, Jet. Bye. Yeah, sorry, Jet. <laughs> Should we move on to the no. tear-bending portion of the episode? I don't think it's any mistake, Christian, that we spent the longest that we've ever spent talking about one of the three episodes just so we can try and yes, avoid... Yes, we've talked about so much. <laughs> try and avoid talking about our true feelings yes. here. FYI, these two next episodes are probably going to be like 10 minutes each. We're going to breeze past them because of the tears that might come again. We're going bye. Bye. <laughs> episode 14, Tales of Bossing Say. In the first episode of its kind, this filler episode of mini stories follows the gang, Zuko, Uncle Iroh, and even Momo, within their time as maybe prisoners of <laughs> Bossing Say. Tears are shed. We do a terrible job of bending them away. Let's get into some of our favorite quotes of the episode. Toph, it's okay. One of the good things about being blind is I don't have to waste my time worrying about appearance. I don't care what I look like. I'm not looking for anyone's approval. I know who I am. Cabbage man. My cabbages! Zuko. She is not my girlfriend! I bought you something. It's a free coupon for a free cup of tea. <laughs> Jesus. So let's get into the first kind yeah. of mini skit, which was Toph and Katara. Girls night. I know. Spa day. day. Spa day. Which is it's interesting. They're so different. And we've never really seen them spend time, like time, time together. Like they, we see the progression of their relationship, but it's like they're kind of doing it because they have a mission. Right, it's a group activity. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a group activity. Let's and let's not forget Miss Katara of the One Tribe, leader of our Cabbage Corp podcast rankings, was once very pop- problematic to Toph by saying, yes. "Boy, these stars are beautiful. If only you could see them, Toph." That was not so long ago. <laughs> that was not nice at all. But here in Bossing Se, where there is no war, Katara and Toph just hanging out. Yeah, and I think. Katara is kind of like that older sister where if someone... She loves being an older sister. She loves it. And she thrives on that feel where she... I feel like she loves when people depend on her. Mm. And I think in this moment, it's like she wants to get close to Toph. Um, Not only because she probably just wants a relationship with her, but it's like, I just want to get to know her better and, and like integrate her more. And even if Toph may not want it, but I really think that... As much as Toph has like a very hard shell and it's very boyish, she does have a good time, you know, and she does have fun. And I think until these jerks, I know, make some, make some whack ass comments towards her. And I I just really like this quote because it, it, it really summarizes Toph because you can see that she has such a brave face on, but it still affects her. Yeah. Toph cries here. I know. Right. And And she's. I mean, we see her in Korra again as an old woman who just like always making fun of people and being the same. But she is, I mean, at this point, like still a little girl with feelings Mm -hmm. about being a little girl. And also, she's a girl. Like, you know, appearance, of course, not for everyone, but majority of girls, like that's a huge social pressure that is put onto them. But for Toph, it's like she can't see herself. So she doesn't know how to. she's supposed to carry herself in terms of like how she looks. But... One thing that made my heart melt was when Katara says, you're really pretty. But we know that Toph can tell when people lie. Mm. And Toph, like, says, really? Like, very shocked, but also genuine. And I truly believe it's because I think Katara is very genuine. So when Toph hears that, it it helps her in her confidence and knowing that Katara is not lying. That's a really good note. I didn't realize I I didn't put it together, but yeah, Toph is a 
a truth-seeking missile, right? Yeah. And so she accepts that truth from Katara that she is beautiful. As much as I love really important plot, um, plot-moving episodes, sometimes I just like it when the gals are just kicking it. You know, I know. I really go for liked a little it. spa day. Like, maybe get those tarot card readings again from that fortune teller. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go back there. I love that. She should have gone with that. Tara loves that. Jesus. <laughs> All right. We're, you know what? Um, we I feel just too blessed here. Because we get to talk about Cabbage Man like yeah. three times in the last four episodes. Yeah, he's back. This is where he makes his fortune, my friend. Ba Sing Se. And he got in. Yeah, you know? he got in. He's a survivor. How did he get in? I have no oh, idea. Yeah. Maybe he like falls in this <laughs> He's always behind them. He's like, ooh, where are they going? It's like um, in Lord of the Rings, Smeagol. Smeagol is yeah. Smeagol Corp. That's what that's like. Oh my god, Smeagol Corp. No, I'm like so scared. Like I'm terrified of Gollum. Stay tuned for after the Avatar series is over, we'll be covering every single chapter of the Lord of the Rings series. No, no. no. In Smeagol Corp. No. The podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just want to shout out our, 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 our father, yes. our, um, our, our benefactor, the CEO of Cabbage Corp, um, for just doing his it's thing, here. getting into the city. It's enduring. Um, animals eat his cabbages again right here, thanks to Avatar Aang, being a bully <laughs> as usual. But he, he still thrives. He's a survivor. He really is. Zuko. Okay, now I'm, we're, we're, this is not even a sad thing for Zuko, but we're, I just feel us getting close to it. Yes. <laughs> Zuko goes on a date. It's a I really know, cute it's so scene. Cute. And Zuko's like actually insecure. Oh yeah. You know he's like, uh. uh he pats down his hair. He does a middle part. That is the worst. Hair it's a bad look but for him. But isn't it Uncle Uncle Iroh does that for him? He really messed it up. With Why that. would Zuko allow Uncle Iroh to do that for him? I don't understand. What's her name again? I have no idea. It's a random random hoe. That's what May would call her. Random <laughs> random floozy. So this girl be just stalking Zuko at a tea shop. Hey, but she's she's persistent. She is. You know what, girls? You want to maybe. Maybe. Hey. <laughs> Depends on the guy. Cabbage. You, you, this we're back. It doesn't hurt to be the Avatar IDHTA um, Avatar Relationship Corner, ladies. Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. It could be that your Prince Charming could be working at a boba shop right now. Yeah. Just go. like Zuko. Guys, is. come on, let's let's all go boba. Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you see if you see a boba barista with a cool scar on his face, maybe you stay there for an extra twenty minutes. You give him you give him the eye and be like. Hey, boo, can I buy you? Don't say boba. I realize baristas don't like it when you ask them for coffee because they're like, I'm sick and tired of coffee. If you're talking to a bartender, don't offer them a drink right away. Be like, hey, where you want to go to a nice bookstore or something? <laughs> bookstore. <laughs> Just don't offer them whatever the hell they're serving mm, at the that's restaurant. Smart. Yeah. That's really smart. Gotcha. Yeah. But Zuko... Um, it's a fun one. Zuko goes on a date. It's awkward as hell. He says he's um, he's from the circus. That's why he's traveling so much. <laughs> this girl makes him juggle something, falls on his head. But you see Zuko's heart at the end of this. It's when <laughs> this girl wants to see lights, and then he firebends all mm-hmm. the lights there. They have a kiss. Yes, they do. They kiss. Their lips touch. <laughs> the popos happen. Let's talk about this. Why do you think Zuko pulls back? Is it? Is he thinking about May in this moment? Is he just thinking about? There's no chance in hell I can actually get to get involved with some someone or something I care about in Bosnia mm. because we're in enemy territory. What is it? I think it might be. He sees Bosnia as a very short, temporary life. Yeah. And we see that in the beginning of episode thirteen, where. He says, like, I don't want to live here. And as much as Uncle Iroh is pushing it and people want him, like, you know, like the girl is there in the back of your head is just like, like, imagine, like, you're in New York, you meet an amazing person, but then you know you're going to be in L.A. Like, that is going to be a hindrance. And, of course, like, it's a bit different. Maybe it's a tinderance. (laughs) (laughs) Girl, we acting like FaceTime don't exist, man. They got carrier pigeons here. You know, it's like... If it's to the point of like marriage, oof. Well, I think that's what it is for him. I don't think he really thought of me, to be honest. <laughs> How dare you? He's always... I mean, come on. He never even mentioned me. He doesn't even talk about her. We only know her like when she shows up. You know. I love May. 
I do too, but I have no idea what their relationship is. Like, it's obviously very passionate and yeah, red hot. But like, when did it happen? Like, I have no idea because for a while it's just like we see that May have had this crush, crush. on Zuko, but we never. When does he return it? When he goes back into the fire? Nation. Maybe. And she's persistent. And I feel like Zuko just don't pursue the girls. The girls pursue him. Damn, he's, Zuko got Zuko got a bad boy <laughs> thing. Just yeah, like yeah. Sokka. Even guitars like. <laughs> This is a fun one. It's just a cute one. Um, Zuko is uh, he's on a date with his hair. Uh, and now we're at the part we've been avoiding. Uncle Iroh. Should we get into some quotes? From Uncle Iroh. Happy birthday, my son. If only I could have helped you. Leaves from the vine falling so slow. Like little tiny shells drifting in the foam. Little soldier boy, come marching home. Brave soldier boy, come marching home. This, so each little story is essentially like five to seven minutes. Um, it started um, off happy. It started know? off happy. We were, we were, we were tough. We're at spa day. We go on a hot date with Zuko. And just in the middle of this whole juncture, we actually re-edited this. So Uncle Iroh started to be last because we'd be a hot mess. We couldn't talk about any other story here. But, um, man, Uncle Iroh, he starts a little synopsis. Uncle Iroh goes to a stand um, to buy uh, a, a couple keepsake, a little gift. Yes. And then the shop owner is like, is this for a romantic evening? Like, you should go with this. And he says, it's not Uncle Iroh, who, you know, it could have been a, a funny Uncle Iroh <laughs> moment. Um, says it's not a romantic moment, but it's a celebration. And he buys a couple candles. <laughs> and throughout his day, he helps a crying child. He helps, um, he helps a man who... Um, who was trying to mug him, kind yeah. of get back on his feet, talk him out of violence. And then finally, Uncle Iroh, with his two candles, fire bends the candles, light, um, puts a picture, a portrait of his son, deceased son, Luten, um, onto a rock and, and um, says this quote. He says, happy birthday, my son. If only I could have helped you. Like the many people in the Earth Kingdom and even in... Um, even in his uh, own family with Zuko yeah. about what he's doing. And I think the the beauty of the sadness here is that Uncle Iroh is talking to his son, probably very close to the, the site of his son's death yeah. right here at Ba Sing Se. Um, this is the moment. This is the city. This is the, 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 the fall of the great dragon of the West, right? When he mm. couldn't surpass the wall after... Um, his son was killed, and now he's here helping the very citizens of the the, the country that 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 um, got his son killed. Yeah, and in okay. so many ways, it's this is what the core of the show is. Mm -hmm. Right. I think Uncle Iroh is the best example of seeing the hatred hurt you, but trying to like move past it and forgive. And I think that line it he said. If only I could have helped you. I feel like that has so many meanings to it in yes. terms of that moment of like when he helped all those other people. But I also feel like, you know, Uncle Iroh was a very different man before his son died. And we, I do wonder, like, was he like his brother? Of, of course, I don't think as extreme, but was he, you right. know, in, in some way where he wasn't a good moral compass for his son? And I'm sure in his head, it's like, if I was, would he be gone, in a sense? And it, it's really sad. And right after this scene, I remember texting Josh. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I'm crying. I can't do this. Like, it's not okay. Why would they do this to Uncle Iroh? But I think it makes it so much better that he's a better man now. Yeah. You know, I think it, it's really like a success story in a way. Like... This happened to him and he's able to move past it. Because imagine, his son died. He could have been filled with anger and just been like, we're going to burn Bossing Sei to the ground. Right. Like, he could have had a completely different reaction. But he didn't because he was able to see his son's life more than just 
what it was. I feel like he was able to see, like, wow, me mourning this death. Like, how many more people are mourning their own in probably the city of Ba Sing Se? Because I truly believe, like, if he had it in him, he could have defeated Ba Sing Se. Yeah, for sure. So. I mean, Azula, with all her tactical genius as a child, saw that and, and saw it as military weakness, which yes. is... Definitely, I think what a lot of Fire Nation people see, mm-hmm. saw this as was that it's an act of cowardice, an act of weakness to, to see someone go down and stop the siege as is. But um, you're right. I think Uncle Iroh, the truest part of um, why he's so sad about not having not helped, helped his son is that he could have been a better man to his son, mm-hmm. right? The idea of masculinity and brute force um, to break down the issues instead of... Yeah. I mean, we see Uncle Iroh here using his words, using tea, using music, whatever it takes to do it um, to make a point, to, to make live people lot, people's lives better. But yeah. Uh, yeah, this one is, it's so packed, uh, five minutes of just perfection in every single way. And uh, I think this just proves and this shows to us the fullness of Uncle Iroh's character here. Mm-hmm. Yes, it really does. It, He's such a well-rounded character, and I think this is like full circle. Right, and like from here on out, mm-hmm. they they stop giving Uncle Iroh the the funny punchlines anymore. Yeah, you see a completely different side of him. So yeah. I feel like up until this point, we saw the funny side of him, we saw glimpses of his past, the worst side of him, and we see this moment where this is the moment he changes, and then now moving forward, we see that future him. You know, like, we right. see the man that he has come to be because of this crazy um, event in his life. And I think they did such a good job because right now, as a character, that's what we're looking for. Like, an Uncle Iroh, we're like, oh, wow, now this is why he is the way he is. And now, moving forward, what are we going to see in him? Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think this, it's a... It's such a good stake in the ground for Uncle Iroh, like to the point where even in book three, when Uncle Iroh and Zuko reunite and they talk about what they should do about the Fire Lord, Uncle Iroh tells Zuko it has to be you, not because it is um, this overwhelming belief in uh, Zuko's might over his own, but it really is like, I don't want it. If I defeat my brother, it'll just be another um, family feud to establish power. If you take this for yourself, then you could actually have a chance to save the soul of the Fire Nation. Yeah, and I think that Zuko's storyline fit, fits so well with what fi- the Fire Nation need. Yes. You know? Because Zuko was a banished prince, and he, ca- he came into his family. I don't think even with, like, oh, he's coming to get revenge on his family, but it's like, no, I'm going to redeem who I am because I have something to redeem. While Uncle Iroh doesn't really need that. And, yeah, like you yeah. said, I feel like it would have just caused this crazy battle again within the Fire Nation. Well, I think one last point I want to make on uh, these uh, Tales from Bossing Say, which will lead us into another treasure trove of tears, yes. is we get to see some Momo POV here. Yeah, and the relationship that Momo has with Appa. Is, is mostly food-based. <laughs> it, is, it is mostly food-based. But it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've given Momo a hard time a little bit. I've given Momo a hard time. But I think uh, Momo truly does care about Appa and misses him. Yeah. And we see Momo's kind of like, it's it's a very strange mix of like, this is Momo at the zoo and Momo doing tricks. And then all of a sudden it just changes when Momo's caged up. And you get the notion like, oh, Appa's spirit is always hanging around here. Like, there's something missing about this whole, mm-hmm. the cast, the whole storyline. It's because Appa isn't here with us. And uh, Momo getting captured by poachers. Momo getting uh. What is the rest of the gang doing? I know, I know. They're just there. There. You know, Momo's like a cat. Yeah. You know, like he does his thing, and then they just trust that he'll come back because they feed him. Yeah, I'll put a dog. (laughs) Momo's the cat, opposite dog. Yeah. But the last, the last uh, Momo scene was Momo finding an Appa footprint. Yeah. Inside Bossing Sing. Which is the closest we've seen Appa since the desert six episodes. They gave us nothing. Like right, right. Other, you know, than this next episode coming up, they gave us nothing of 
where Appa has been ever since the Sandbenders. Like, we know nothing. But this next episode at the end reveals all. Reveals everything. Christian, jump us in. Just hit us over the head with it. Let's go. Let's go episode 15. Let's go, Appa's Lost Days. Episode 15. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Episode 15 is marked to be the saddest episode of Avatar, The Last Airbender. This episode is a recollection of Appa's traumatic journey from the desert to Eastern Air Temple after being captured by the Sandbenders three episodes ago. The episode concludes not with a reunion, but a revelation of the person currently holding Appa captive. Spoiler alert, it's that bitch Long Feng. <laughs> fuck that dude, but also fuck a lot of people we're going to talk about in this episode. Oh man, let's get into some quotes. I'm tired. Let's, let's run this. Azula, a friend of the Avatars, is an enemy of mine. Guru Patik, you and the Avatars' energies are mixed. You have an unbreakable bond. By reading your energy, I can sense where Aang is. Guru Patik again. Funny what invisible strings connect us all. I shared some happy quotes at the end just because I can't do any of the mean ones for the people at home. We always have bullet points, Christian and I, when we're preparing notes here. Mm -hmm. And we always ask, what are some of uh, the parts of the episode you liked? And Christian, immediately after, under... Um, what are some of the parts of the episode you liked? Said nothing. I hate it. I hate this episode. So it's much. truly a horrible one. You have a dog. Yeah. You care so much about your dogs. Yeah. You love them to death. You've had animals over the course mm -hmm. of your life. I've had very few animals over my life. Appa is one of the stronger animal connections I have in my life. <laughs> and I love this man. And I love this 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 mm -hmm. this this large um, air bison. And it's it's so hurtful to see him yeah. go through what he did. Because we've seen him get attacked before. Yeah. We've seen him. We've seen him get thrown down from the sky, fall asleep because he's so tired, but he's always been with Aang. Yeah, and Aang has always taken care of him. So yeah. this is like the events that go down. <laughs> Sandbenders, he gets sold, yeah. goes to the circus, is traumatized by fire after that. Right, because the, the circus tamers are yes. actively using firebending to not only um, you know, crack the whip when he's actually flying, but actively shooting fire at him inside his cage, so mm -hmm. he essentially he's burning alive in his cage. Yes. Not then, feeding him. Not No, not at all. And then he ends up escaping, gets into a huge fight with a crazy boar, gets <sighs> injured, and when we think... What was that boar's problem, by the way? I don't know! Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> Fucking boar? What the yeah. fuck is you doing? When we finally think things are right... The Kyoshi warriors come. Suki's here. They try to take care of him, and then, bam! Evil Avengers comes. And Azula comes. Azula comes. And she'd be throwing fire again, and then he's traumatized. No, she, he's like, you know no, he hates fire. No. So he runs away. But then, again, Guru Patik. He's taking care of him. Exactly. He, Appa ends up at the Eastern Air Temple somewhere he's... He feels some some kinship with. It makes me so sad because it's like he's going home. Right, right, right. And you see Guru Patik as being this exceptionally patient and affirmative character because for 72 hours, I think it's like three nights, he stays absolutely still until Appa's comfortable with moving closer to him. Yes. And eventually after feeding Appa, taking care of him, taking care of him Appa wakes up with bedhead, looks real cute, mm. gives him all this food. He, he tells him where Aang is. He's like, I gotta go to Ba Sing Se. Ba Sing Se. But then. <laughs> he's heading to Ba Sing Se. Yeah. He's going to Ba Sing Se for King of the Dai Li. And Long Thing, they capture him by using a Sky Bison whistle. Appa thinking it's Aang, he flies down and is captured. By Long Fang. And then there is a, his footprint on the ground that Momo finds. Which is what Momo saw last episode. Yes. And there's just so many ups and downs. It's like, it'd be different if it was just all sad. But it's like, you're sad. And then you're like, oh, there's hope. And then you're sad again. And there's yeah. like, oh, there's hope. And then you're sad again. And it's just like an emotional roller coaster. These dips. These <gasps> Appa dips. It's, it's really rough. 
Okay, let's let's hit on some of the more the the interesting topical stuff. Yes. When Azula, evil team team evil uh, Avengers, sees the Kyoshi Warriors and fights them, this is where they start hatching their plot to take over the Earth Kingdom by yeah. impersonating these damn Kyoshi Warriors. Um, so that has nothing here, and even because you see, we talk about it all the time. You get to see so much plot and so much of this world because Appa can fly. Yes. And you see this, especially now because Appa is is flying out of um, anxiety and mm-hmm. out, out of out of self preservation. So you're seeing him fly through different characters, through different scenarios, and you get to see not only Azula um, and and Suki, but you get to see Guru Patik for the first time, and you get to see like these fucking evil firebending carnival carnivore the mm-hmm. carnivals people. So. Appa just been through the ringer and it's like his fur's all matted, he's getting beat up, he's getting torn up. You know that shows you Aang probably brushed him, yeah. and him all the time. Remember when he got braided the flowers and braided yeah, in his hair for the secret so tunnel? I do feel like he had such a huge role, but also I do feel like if they never lost Appa, Azula, Ty, Lee, and May would have gotten to them earlier. Because That's, I do yeah, think yeah. Azula really tracks them through Appa. Because up until the drill, we didn't get to see them at all. Right. Like, they didn't really know what was going on. We didn't see that side. But then we see Azula, Ty Lee, and May just pop out of nowhere. Like, where um, Appa is. And you I'm know what's wild? I think probably Az- Azula is the best Appa tracker in the world. Yeah. Like, she just knows what to find. And when her plan with the drill failed, she found Appa another way, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I this is a route to the Avatar. Mm-hmm. And so, Azula, scary, scary as She's ever really here. scary. I wanted to touch on the Guru Patik stuff because we're going to get, I think we get so much of the Avatar lore about, about spirituality and mm-hmm. about, um, especially um, the Avatar state through him in, in the future. But here we get to really learn about um, the Avatar and his spirit animal, his spirit yeah. guide kind of person. And we've seen this with um, Avatar Roku and Fang, his dragon, mm-hmm. and with, with uh, the Avatars of the past. But there is something greater than um, there's something greater than just like an animal to a human relationship. There's probably even something greater than an animal to a spirit or like a, a, an avatar to a spirit relationship. It is truly the avatar and his spirit guide, his animal, are one being together. Yes. And so when Appa is hurting, Aang is hurting. And there's some energy chi that directs them both so that if someone is attuned to it, they can actively communicate and find both people through one of them. And I think that's why when Aang does go to Boss and say, he's like, I know he's here. Yes. I know he's here. And that quote, you and the Avatar's energy are mixed. You have an unbreakable bond. And I think... We come to see that, but also like how much both of them are mourning being away from each other. Yeah. We even get the flashback of Young Yang meeting uh, me. With the apple. They're like, we are bonded with this apple. This apple. But I I really like this because as this season is ending, this scene of Guru Pati gives us a glimpse of the next chapter that Aang has to get into. Yeah. So it, it's really nice. Like they're finding a closing end to the Earth Kingdom and now this is happening. Right. So And um, again, everything about these three episodes, as we said in the up top, mm-hmm. is earned, right? Guru mm-hmm. Patik at the end of here, you just can't have this random guy weigh into Aang's life. But here, a man that seems so random here becomes such a pivotal part of Appa's recovery yes. and Aang's recovery into the Avatar state in the future. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Avatar fandom out there. Everyone hates this episode. Everyone does. It's I don't truly. even think Avatar fans aren't the only ones who hate this. You yeah. know? Like, I was literally texting my friend the other day. And I'm like, hey, we're going to record Alpha's Lost Day. And she's like, I can't. I can't. She, oh, that's all she texted me. I can't. I can't do it. This. I can't do this. I will not like, be listening to you. I'm like, girl, I feel you. I can't do this either. <laughs> But yeah, it's twisted, like, man. It's just there's one thing to have crazy storylines of resilient and amazing people that have trauma and are abused, but animals. I mean, come on. Like animals don't have a a vicious bone in their body. Like every human has a bad side to them, but animals. 
Yeah. Like, why? They're so pure. Why would you do that to them? Right. You know? And I think it's it's a mix of... It's the classic, like, big-eye Disney effect where that vulture in the circus who's been trained to fly through the hoops, mm. I'm sure has been treated as, as poorly as Appa has, but it's like, oh, he's kind of a bird doing this thing. But we know Appa. We, know, we, know we have a connection sa- with him. Yeah, we know the language he speaks. Like, we know what his... He loves hay, you know? Yeah. So, like, for him to go through this, like, even beyond... Like, it's a weird hybrid of, of human and animal mixture together because, like, it's not just, like, you're, like, beaten like an animal, which is horrible already, or, like, a cow, but it's like, Jesus, this is it's our pet, friend. Yeah. You know? So, there... This episode reminds me of the movie... Not... It doesn't remind me, but it has same vibes... As Hachi, a dog's tail. And it's the saddest movie you'll ever watch about a dog and the owner. It's so sad. I watched it as a kid thinking, oh, it's such a cute movie. I, me and my whole family cried so much. It's so sad. But you need to watch it. You need to. Spoiler warning, um, I will not watch it. No, you need to. <laughs> that is the next rewatchable we will do. We're going to... Watch this movie. It is so sad. If I wanted to manipulate my emotions or video, I'll watch YouTube, okay? <laughs> I, I cannot do this over a full-length movie. It's too much. I, I let's take yeah, Alright, let's let's, let's end this episode. I don't I don't have any final thoughts. Yeah, no Avatar State. It's obviously everything was shit. I um, don't even know what the power ranking score everyone is. Everyone gets negative seven today. Yes, we're, everyone's negative seven. We're back seven. at zero. We're, no one's get, I feel like this is an episode where no one really gets points. Everyone is just doing their own thing, going through their own highs and lows, especially Appa, all alone. And it's a very sad <laughs> three-episode arc. Fuck. And... Do we, for the sake of the greater art of podcasting, Give a score. It's like a meta meta thing to be like Uncle Iroh's character development. This is a pivotal Ooh. Uncle Iroh episode. This is establishes him into the canon of great <gasps> characters in fictional literature and uh But I think this is more of like a personal growth more than like a overall like Sure. I see that you too. Know? I see that too. Yeah, and it's not like something that we see happen in front of our eyes. This is a past thing. Like, it's just revealed to us. It's not like Zuko where we actively see him growing, which is why we gave him that point. But he does actively help three people. But he's already, that's his personality already because of like four or five, ten years ago, you know? It's just we are able to see that. So... I don't know. That's it's a little hard. I don't know if I were to give a point to anybody. Yeah, talk to me. I oh no, I can't give Sokka after all I've been saying about Sokka oh and you bashing on me about you talking want to about give it Sokka. Sokka. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay. You a Sokka? No, I, I Sokka am. Sokka denied. Being... Okay, that's like <laughs> you're happy about that. I was kind of thinking a little bit Zuko just because. You know, he is begrudgingly following his uncle, but first, he never, ever firebends. Sure. Even when Jet is, like, going at right, him. Right, right, And he did firebend just a couple episodes ago when, when Zuko was alone, mm-hmm. right? He had to use it, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I do think he was able to control that um, and not kill Jet, honestly. I mean, I, maybe he was trying to kill him because there were some scenes where it was like, vicious but i do think zuko is taming his like inner anger in a sense and just trying to follow with uncle iroh but i don't think it's strong enough but it's just so hard because it's these three episode arc it's not trying to show who's better than the other or who who is growing in a sense i think it's just showing this time that is passing so it's hard to give anybody a point because it's not it's not like an active role where we're like, oh, we're following this journey. It's just a time lapse that they put Zuko in. Zuko does go on a date, though. He does go on a date, but that's more relationship stuff, not... <laughs> yeah. It, it's really hard. I don't think... Azula doesn't really play a part. Um, we see everyone. We see so many people, but it's not like a substantial 
amount. We get to see pockets of people throughout this three episodes. Yeah, we can't so even give it to Appa for escaping because he's still under capture. Yeah. So okay, I'm I'm okay with it. Let's go. Zero points to the field. Zero points, and this is what everyone gets because this freaking three episode arc is too sad. Yeah. So I, I cannot recognize. If you're a big fan of podcasts or want to just show some love and support to the CaptureCorp podcast, go sign up for Stitcher Premium today at stitcher.com slash premium for only $4.99 a month. With Stitcher Premium, you get access to ad-free episodes, comedy albums, and exclusive episodes from Stitcher. If you just want to check it out and you don't really know if it's for you, don't worry. If you use our promo code WARRIORS at checkout, you get a month free on us. So go check it out. Thank you guys for listening to the Cabbage Court Podcast. This will be the last episode we ever record because we can't do this anymore. I'll be crying in bed. <laughs> For a month or so, just about this scene. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram at CaptureCorpPod. And see you guys next Wednesday. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Yep, yep. yep.